0: Hi, everyone. My name is Sarah, and I'd like to introduce Dr. Flint McLaughlin for today's call, which is the MEC Guide to Presenting Your Case for Testing.
1: Okay, Sarah, thank you very much. And uh, we'll get underway, as uh, Sarah's already announced the topic. I think it would be good to get right into it. I just want to point out that we'll be having several guests join us as we speak. Uh, I'll be talking. We'll also hear from Bob Kemper, who is... uh, a uh, senior analyst and an executive with our group but uh very talented in some of the projections and forecasting that you may see later as we give you a tool that will be helpful. Also, and we'll say more about him in just a bit, Dr. Paul Christ, who is going to be helping to present today and has been very instrumental in the development of this particular topic. And uh, he's my friend, and I'm glad to have him uh, involved. In addition to that... Nick Osborne is on the line, and uh, Nick may be helping us before we're through. Uh, Nick was the senior editor on this piece. And then, of course, the regular MEC analysts that are standing by to help answer questions in chat. You can fire your questions at us. We'll try to continue to answer them as we're speaking. And uh, you can use your chat or your question and answer feature in GoToMeeting in order to accomplish that. I think while online marketers in large and even in medium-sized companies and organizations know from case studies and other published data that a testing program can yield dramatic increases in revenue, they often find it hard to sell the need for testing internally within their own companies. We see it often. We're approached by executives from companies ranging, I suppose, uh, from major publishers like the New York Times or Wall Street Journal to people like... um, Microsoft, and even in those big organizations wherein they recognize the need, they often find it very difficult to to get buy in at the top level for extensive testing and even if, in intentive testing and I find it perplexing because we have come to the conclusion based on the last six you know I guess the last five years of watching the internet evolve that Online marketing is online testing. If you're not testing, you really can't put together a strong pay-per-click campaign. And certainly if you're not testing, you're losing money in conversion and yield and pricing and so on. And And it's also much easier to do so online than it was in the offline world, or than it is in the offline world, in a time when direct mail tests often take $500,000 for a minimum run, and that's a test. I just looked at a direct mail test last year. It was over a million dollars for the test. We can run a test for $500 quickly in, and determine the optimum name for a product or other things like that. The world is changing, and uh, we have been researching not only marketing itself but the whole notion of testing. Uh, my background and research is really in philosophy, and particularly in epistemology, and the the way you know things is very critical to us here. It's part of our culture. We want to understand this. So we're seeing the net changing, and as um, Jalali Hartman and I had lunch today, one of our, the director of strategy here, and we talked about Web 3.0 and what that means and what it entails, and one of the things you're going to see is, you know, an amazing degree of, interactivity with precise measurement we haven't had that and uh, the web is changing I can see it happening all around us still I'm sure my audience is full of of marketers who would like to do a whole lot more in the area of testing but they've somehow got to get other people to sign on and to buy into the concept and so realizing that we thought we would reveal for you certain test results and then really help you formulate a strategy that you could take uh, to your board or that you could take to your uh, uh, senior executives that you you report to and and literally build a presentation that might be persuasive. And so in, in this brief, we give you this guide. And really, there's going to be three parts. We'll give you examples of how deferring the time or the point at which you begin testing can result in very significant losses. We'll talk about the data you need to collect and compile in order to build a convincing presentation to management. And we'll give you a guide to preparing research proposals. And uh, it was written for us by Dr. Paul Christ, uh, and uh, he is uh, a director of the MBA program at, at uh university, and I'll tell you more about him in just a bit. So we'll give you tools, templates, and guidance to build a solid case for investing time and money in an online testing program. And um, I think we might begin by illustrating how best to present the data in support of a testing program. I think before we do that, in fact, just to build the need, uh, we're going to look at some data that you may want to use with your own management team. In each case, an optimization testing program resulted in a significant increase in revenue. We were able to calculate the revenue lost as a result of the program implementation being deferred Beyond the time when we first presented our recommendations, so essentially we came to them not in a sales position. We we have research partnerships here, and and and, and we're approached constantly. We've had 1,300 applications this in the last 18 months or so, and and if we begin to talk about helping someone with this. Uh, and often uh, engage in the preliminary research will sometimes come up and say, okay, this is what we would suggest you do, X, Y, and Z. And in these cases, we made those suggestions, but management preferred before they implemented. And all we did was measure the losses for the time in which management delayed in execution. And um, we're going to show you how we did it. I want to point out that in this Excel tool that we're going to make available to you, you, you'll see this process in much more detail. You understand how to do the projections I'm going to show you now. And we'll be able to, uh, you should be able to use the tool to create your own projections for a presentation to management in your company. And if you find this helpful, if you find any part of the presentation helpful, chat a note to us while we're talking. One of the best ways that we can present good content to our readers is to pay attention in these clinics. You may note that we do the clinic first. We release the brief later because we, 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 We carefully study the chat logs, and we notice what you find helpful and what you have more questions about, and we use that to modify the final brief before we release it. So there's a sense where you're part of an ongoing feedback-slash-testing process for us. So we really value what you say. If the Excel tool is useful, tell us. If not, tell us that. And uh, the same as we present data and work through this. We're going to show you a chart. In this chart, we just touch on the highlights. The Excel tool will get into details, but the highlights help to give you a sense of the power, the eloquence of uh, presenting the lost revenue figure. And I think this is reasonable. Uh, I think this is work that could have been implemented that was delayed. I'm not condemning the company or the managers. Who knows what goes on behind the scenes and the politics, etc. I'm just measuring. I'm just measuring the the money. Look at Company A. This is a real company. I can't give you their name, obviously, but we experienced, we helped them through the series of tests to achieve an 857% increase. By the way, some of you find that staggering. Time and time, I mean, even not credible. How could anyone get that larger increase? Are those real numbers? Are they somehow fudged in one direction or another? Or is there some trick in the way they're aggregated? No. I, I Really, we have people on the Internet fighting for conversion rates at 0.5%, 1% and 2%, when there are ways to achieve much more significant conversion rates sometimes. We can't always do it. But more often than not, through the formulas and the things we've learned, you discover, my goodness, a change here and a change there will have a major impact uh, on just conversion. And and we we test the channels. We test pay-per-click. We test affiliate programs. We test, in fact, our next, I think, I think, our next uh, clinic is on affiliate programming. It can correct me on that but I, and by the way, pay attention to that there's still it is still one of the finest ways, one of the most important ways to uh to build your business and
2: uh but the next one is we're going to do that one on simplicity
1: oh excellent, okay and you're still doing the research on the affiliate program one. yeah is that correct? I know I met with my team and I, we we've probably planned another five experiments we 're going to do on affiliate marketing, but we have some that are coming in. And as soon as they're ready, we'll give you the data. Uh, This next program is going to be neat. It'll help you understand how you achieve some of this conversion. Two weeks from now, we're going to be teaching on uh, simplifying your message. We have seen significant results from that. Not just the way you change your page, but the the core of the message, and then then how you talk about it or present it. Company A did achieve an 857% increase. It took them 12 months before they actually got implemented. You can get losses for 3.7 plus million dollars. Company B, seven months, 102% increase, cost them 766 thousand dollars, and a Company C lost 7.8 or 7,867 dollars. We give you three kinds of companies. We don't want to present just some large. Each one of these represent a particular sector. Each one of these represent a particular business size. I think it's good for you to get a cross-section. What you need to understand, company A lost almost $4 million simply by delaying the implementation of the testing and optimization program for a year. The key here is the failure to communicate the benefits of testing to key decision makers in your company. Immediately and effectively can result in dramatic losses in potential revenue. And to see the complete data for these three companies and... Create your own projections from the template provided. Uh, we've got something for you. We've built it. We don't mind you passing it around. Uh, we just ask you to keep keep it intact and keep our name with it, uh, please. Uh, if you're a consultancy and, and you use it, many of them do, many of our listeners, about a third of you are consultancies. You go back and teach this to your partners and clients. Just Please just keep the lab's name on the document, but it's free. Take it. Use it. And uh, get better presentations. You should see a URL right now on your screen. Now, I don't think that's a clickable URL. Is that correct, Bob? I know you're on mute, Bob, but when you can, come off and let me know. Yeah. You're going to want to download that tool. And uh, many of you should have already downloaded it prior to this. Uh, if you received it earlier and CAN, then you'll already got to open it open. If you haven't downloaded it, that tool is what you need. And... Um, in just a moment,
0: I'm going to. Sorry, my girlfriend this, uh, this is Bob. That uh, that is correct. There's not uh, clickable, but we will be emailing uh, that link uh, within an hour after the call, so everyone should have that directly available and usable uh, within an hour after the call.
1: Okay. And I, do you have pictures of this in the presentation coming forward, then, Bob? Because Bob's taking over from me now. Let me just turn it over to you, Bob. Or um, well, I think I have a bit more I need to say, and uh, so you want to get that link ready. I'll say these things, and then. Uh, I'm going to turn it over to Bob to talk about the tool. Perfect. Here's five points uh, that I'm looking at that are critical, and these five points need to be understood before you can even worry about developing your presentation. First of all, you identify the principal revenue-generating pages and pathways on your site. We teach a lot about this in our certification course, how to find them, et cetera. Use your server logs or analytics program to compile data on traffic to those pages and current conversion rates to sales. But you're really looking for something we call a prime mover. I don't know if that's mentioned in here. In fact, I know it's not. Um, the reason, by the way, you'll see me sometimes question the notes is this is probably the fifth draft, maybe the draft that I've seen of the document as we've worked through it. And we keep working through it, trying to get it precisely right, and changing and adding, cutting information. But the prime mover is something we, we use here when we're looking at a company and we're trying to understand where should the testing begin. Typically, there's something that if you can just... Move that lever, you're going to get the greatest results. And we always often pay close attention to that. If if we discover that you're losing significant revenue on the second page of your site uh, as they click through, and and that's your offer page, and we work very hard to improve the offer page, but only discover that you're getting less than two percent of your site traffic to the offer page, you've worked on the wrong lever. That doesn't mean you might not do that first for strategic reasons, but in fact, you need to find the strategic lever. Number three, explore ways to implement your testing and optimization programs through your own IT department or a third-party supplier. Number four, calculate the costs of implementation, breaking the figure down into one-time implementation cost and ongoing monthly costs. Number five, use the Excel tool provided to calculate the impact on revenue and profit based on a range of conversion rate increases. And that's where Bob comes in. So, Bob, let me just let you. Bob's the architect of this tool, and he's very thorough. And uh, he's on the board of the university here uh, in their curriculum board, working on their curriculum for their MBA program. Bob is uh, uh, with our group. Uh, and I'm just going to let Bob go ahead and explain.
0: Very good. Thanks, Dr. McLaughlin. Um, As Dr. McLaughlin was saying, the, um, as, we were, um, as we build our business cases, for um, testing um, what we want to do is to measure the uh, uh, the ROI for um, doing the optimization um, that we uh, either have tested um, or are intending to uh, to make and this tool is intended to help you to do the analysis um, that is necessary in order to build a, a business case um, if you are not the uh, key decision maker if, if uh, you 're not the person who can make uh, the ultimate decision on making the investment uh, to uh, either do the testing or make the associated changes, then you need to uh, build a case for uh, for management or or others to uh, uh, decision makers to do that so uh, this tool is intended to do that. The key things that um, that most business people are um, interested in. Um, our ROI. If I go ahead and uh, um, make this investment, uh, make a decision of, of any type, um, is um, how long is it going to take to pay back? How much am I going to make, and, uh, and when is that going to come in? Um, another item in um, in building the business case um, for urgency. And making a change um, at one time versus another is um, identifying what the costs are. Uh, in this case, uh, we'll be measuring opportunity cost for uh, delaying a decision. Um, so this uh, this tool uh, is intended to address both of those uh, issues. Um, it consists of uh, of three worksheets. Um, this uh the first worksheet that uh, is displayed right now is the primary data entry worksheet for uh identifying the initiatives uh, themselves uh, as well as the opportunity cost uh, which is in the green area um, and um, uh, the other tabs are for identifying the costs associated with the implementation and the uh and the net uh, net income or profit impact so we'll begin on this sheet. Uh, we will, In order to use the tool, uh, we'll start by uh, creating an initiative ID, which is numeric um, identifier that's in, uh, it's in column B. It um, should be uh, numeric and uh, sequentially. You can pick any, uh, any number um, and plug it in. Uh, just a matter of convention, um, cells that are uh, yellow background with a, um, a bold blue font are data entry fields. Uh, other ones are uh, ones that are computed um, by the tool so um, as we um, as we go to do an analysis on an uh, on initiative we can see the three um, company uh, initiatives that uh, that we measured for this brief um, and uh, create an initiative ID uh give it a name uh, identify what the um, Conversion rate: the initial or historical conversion rate is uh, from the testing tools that we identified in the um, in the last slide. Um, we identify what the um, uh, what the uh, conversion rate is after optimization. Um, then we enter the uh, start date of implementation and the completion date of implementation, uh, as well as the revenue before. Uh, the monthly revenue before and the monthly revenue uh, after the change. Um, these once again are data entry fields. Um, you can use uh, the numbers. You can see in uh, in the first initiative, uh, we've got uh, conversion rate times the number of impressions times the price uh, in the historical case, um, and the uh, and the same price and impressions with the uh, uh, the conversion rate after. Um, and we can see uh, the monthly revenue impact uh, identified in the gray. Uh, the last data entry field on the first sheet is the implement- implementation lag time. Now, this can be uh, an actual or a uh, or what if scenario. You can identify if we were to delay by uh, by 12 months, which is actually the case here. Uh, the cost of the implementation lag uh, or the foregone revenue is. Uh, uh Three point eight million dollars, as we can see here, um, and uh, the net impact on profit is three point seven after the cost of implementation uh, are factored in. If we said that um, let's say that um, it had to take six months so the actual delay was uh, was only six months, uh, we just uh, uh, plug that in and uh, and the rest uh, is recalculated for us so um, so we enter an initiative ID. Um, and the information about uh, the project um, and uh, um, revenues on the on sheet one. Then we go to identify what the costs of implementation are. Uh, we uh, we use the implementation cost estimate uh, estimation uh, worksheet. Um, the initiative ID once again uh, is um, the field that links all of the um, sheets in the tool together. So um, that's crucial. Um, the column B here, uh, you can see uh, Initiative ID 1 refers uh, to Initiative ID 1, uh, column B on the first sheet, um, and uh, that's used by the tool to link um, all the sheets together. Um, and um, here we identify all the costs associated with implementation for the first uh, project, um the uh, uh, one time costs, this sheet is broken up into uh, two categories uh, of costs, the one time implementation costs, and there are recurring costs uh, monthly recurring uh, costs. Um, under one time costs, uh, we might have spent uh, in this case we spent seventy five hours um, at a rate of two hundred and twenty five dollars per hour. Uh, for a total one-time implementation cost of, uh, $16,875. Um, and, uh, other one-time costs, including software equipment and anything else that, uh, is a one-time implementation, uh, with $60,000 for a total of $76,875. Um, then, uh, there are some recurring costs associated with making a change to, uh, to your site, doing site optimization. Um, and in this case, uh, there was a, um, an additional $2,500 per month in, uh, in labor plus $1,500 in equipment and other expenses uh, for a total of $4,000. Um, and we will enter uh, those costs in here for each of the initiatives that, uh, that we're measuring. Um, as a usage uh, note, you can have as many um cost line items. If if there are different categories of costs or you want to split them out separately, they're different by department, or for whatever reason you want to track them separately, you can do that on this tool. Um, you simply uh, place the initiative ID and you can have as many um, uh, as you need. Uh, they will all be uh, combined uh, and added um, and summarized on the, uh, on the impact summary. So that's where the one-time implementation and, uh, and the net recurring costs uh, come from on the summary sheet, um, and the uh, net uh, income impact of the implementation lag uh, of delaying is uh, is uh, identified here. The other item for your business case development um, is going to be what is the impact on profit, um, and that's what uh, this uh, third tab is for uh for identifying for each initiative um, what is uh, the impact on our profitability of making this change um, the one uh primary data entry field on uh this sheet is the initiative id uh once again here uh, this is the um, uh, the company two uh identifier and we can see that uh, uh what the monthly costs are and what the cumulative costs are and in the chart um the uh, the impact is uh is depicted here's the monthly um, and the cumulative impact over the first twelve months um, The other thing you want to know is uh in businesses is uh what is the break even point how long is it going to take if I do this for it to pay for itself um, so um if we change from initiative 2 say to uh, to 3 we make the one change we can see that um, for the uh, smaller of the initiatives initially um, it costs us uh, um, it costs uh, $14,000 to make the change um, and the monthly impact um, is about $4400 so it takes a little while to uh, uh to break even we can see that it takes it took 4.2 months for us to make back the initial investment but after twelve months um, the the net was uh thirty-four thousand seven hundred dollars. So um, this can be used to um, you know in a presentation uh by uh by printing the sheet uh and copying and pasting it into uh, your PowerPoint presentation. Um, you can use it this way, um, or you can select um, just the chart tool um, and take that and uh, and place it into your uh Um, into your business case uh, presentations. Um, One final usage tool uh, before I leave this is some businesses have um, a a time horizon uh, for business cases uh, for making investments that's longer than 12 months. So you'll notice that uh, uh, among the relative months, uh, one of them is a different font color. It's, It's blue. Uh, that is updatable, so you notice that uh, at the end of twelve months it's thirty four thousand seven hundred dollars. You can update that field and um, and it continues on from twelve months on uh, through through twenty three um, and uh, you can just uh, go on out as far as you want in your time horizon if you had a thirty six month uh, uh, time horizon, you could see that after 36 months, um, the net benefit is a net profit, a net uh, uh, income impact of $142,000. So um, that is um, that is the tool. Um, if you have any questions about usage, once again, there are instructions indebted uh, in the in the first sheet, as well as some usage notes. Um, if you have any comments um, or uh, Enhancement uh, suggestions, uh, please do uh, let us know. So, uh, with yeah,
1: that, uh, go ahead.
0: Uh, oh, with that, I'll turn it back to Dr. McLaughlin.
1: Bob, that's that's an excellent job. Some of you, I hope it's very clear to you. Uh, again, send me notes and let me know if you're understanding. Uh, there are some questions. Some I've been answering along the way. Uh, what are the software costs for 75K in the second sheet? Uh, Bob, do you want to address that question? Some of these I'll say out loud because they may be something that, uh, you know, is connected to others. I think I'm looking at a question that came in twice, so I think it was answered earlier. Uh, For those of you, if you have any other questions, just send them to me. It appears that most of you understand pretty clearly. Listen, we don't want to bore you with long uh, spreadsheet calculations and explanations, but I, I do think that, really, the tool is quite simple, and you can use it simply to project at various conversion rates what your potential is going to be for a gain. And I think it's clear, but I wasn't sure if all of you understood that you can, this tool is meant to be used before you uh, actually uh, you know, have conducted the test to experiment with and to prioritize. You can use this not just to figure out a, a case to build for management, but you can also use it to determine whether or not a given test, one test might be better than the other. You can plug in the information and uh, look at what the differences would be as you, even if you used two versions of the sheet without modification. So there's more that can be said on that, but I'd like to go on. And uh, I would just like to, um, to, to to move to the next section, because let's suppose that you've done your homework. Let's suppose you've studied your site. You know where you need to make the the, the greatest changes or where you're likely going to experience the greatest impact. You've even done some calculations and you have a Solid idea as to how much revenue you might gain, even if you got a modest 25% improvement. Knowing that, you're at the place where you know if you, you could get a 25% increase in conversion, not just on your landing pages. We use them a lot because they're simple, but in your pay per click or your, uh, you know, various partners, your channels, your banners, et cetera. And so, without a 25% increase, you've determined that you know that's 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 worth four hundred thousand dollars a year for us. Uh, and it looks to me like my test cost for the whole thing is going to be $45,000 or $28,000, I think it's I, I, this is a no-brainer to me. Once you're there, you still have to know how to present it to management. And as many of you have discovered, uh, the prize does not always go to the person with the uh, the the best answer. It often goes to the person with the best presentation of his answer. And so with that in mind... Um, we want to help you. And uh, online right now and joining us is Dr. Paul Chris. He's the Associate Professor and Director of the MBA Programs at Westchester University in Pennsylvania. He teaches MBA-level courses on marketing and technology and marketing strategy and customer value. I think most of you would know him from a completely different um, uh, job description. Paul is the editor of KnowThis.com, and uh, it's one of the Internet's leading marketing reference sites. Paul has been, I think, diligently building that site for uh, a number of years now. And I've watched it grow, and I've watched the brand grow. And uh, he's developed it, I think, from scratch. And I admire what he's done. And I think he's uh, an effective teacher and uh, has a grasp on Internet marketing that many, many would stand to benefit from. So I've invited Paul to participate in this, and he's going to present a pretty lengthy PowerPoint. Again, I don't want to wear you out, but he's going to present a presentation that I think will help you to understand. You can download copies of it and use it, but he's going to map out what he would teach you if you're in in one of his advanced classes, learning how to present information. I think he's modified it, particularly for this audience and particularly for our needs, but uh, he's got some valuable insights. And may I just point out that after Paul Nick uh, Osborne, who many of you know from his books and so on, will be ending this call by giving us a summary and answering any further questions and just kind of carrying us through the final stages. With that in mind, Paul? Hey, Glenn, how are you? I'm doing fine. It's sure. good to hear your voice again, friend. Good to hear. Uh, and uh, I'm just going to turn the program over to you, and I just want to thank you in advance. We certainly appreciate your your kindness for joining us.
3: That's my pleasure. Um, as Flint mentioned, this is something of a, uh, a lengthy slide presentation. So maybe in the interest of, of time, I'll, I'll go through it, but obviously not read everything that's on there. Just get to the key points if, if that works for your, for your audience. I, I think that's smart, Paul. And then I think those of you, again, on, online, uh, you'll be able to
1: get a copy of this and, and study it at, in more detail. So, And, and then, Paul's also offered to go, Paul, I don't mean to... You know, um, but if Paul's, Paul has offered uh, that anyone who's still confused after his presentation to actually fly to their office or home and explain everything in detail.
3: So. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's no problem. You, you can
1: spam <laughs> him at knowthis.com. In, um.
3: in my private jet, though. <laughs> okay. uh, Go ahead, Paul. All right. Well, let's get started by looking at the um, the importance of, of the proposal and uh, why, as has been mentioned already, um, as much work as you've done up to this point um might be nice but un- until you get the decision makers to uh sign off on of it you really haven't accomplished your goal um, and as as this slide points out the uh the decision's not often yours it is it is possibly in the hands of someone else who has that authority to make the decision so uh your job at this point is to present an argument a strong argument that um, is going to move this thing forward and, and hopefully accomplish the goals you want, which is to perform the research and, and provide some benefit for your company or your client. Um, now, who's going to make that decision? As I mentioned, it could be a client, could be a boss. Not sure. That is certainly something you need to know about in advance, and I'll talk about that in, in a few minutes. If we can go to the next slide. Uh, The proposal is also important because clearly the people who are making the decisions may not know what you're doing at all, may not understand the research. And you've got to present the proposal in a way that's going to uh, meet their needs and is going to make sense often to someone who is a non researcher. So crafting the proposal in that format is going to be important. Putting yourself into their shoes is going to be very important. and certainly, making a case, a business case for what you want to do is going to be uh, what you want to accomplish here. Uh, finally, I like to as far as importance go, I'd like to say that um, when I talk to people about making presentations such as this, uh, a lot of time I tell them you've got to change your hat from a researcher to really being a salesperson. You've got to convince these decision makers to do what you want them to do, which is a persuasive activity. Now a lot of people don't like the idea and the connotations associated with being a salesperson, but in lots of ways that's what you're becoming, and that's that's the message you've got to get across, and and the tactics you may have to take. Let's go to the next slide. Um, the key points um, in the proposal. I, I'll probably just uh, create two points that are that are most important. First is um, what is what is in the in the plan and what is in the proposal. Um, include in here the, the objectives of what you're trying to achieve and what you're trying to learn. What is this plan about? What is it designed to do um, in terms of, of research and, and um, learning about the markets or whatever um, you're, you're trying to achieve? Discussions of research plan methodology as we'll see in a few minutes or things you might want to cover here next slide talks about uh, The second reason which is why the research is being done and here is where you're turning into that salesperson You are trying to convince them to go with with uh, the the proposal the changes that you've uh, You've come up with and you're trying to sell it to them. So you got to um, provide information that benefits them and the company that they represent. Um, and this may be couched in words such as increased sales, improved customer satisfaction, um, gains in market share, whatever it might be. These are keys to to selling this plan. is presented in a way that is beneficial to those making the decision. The next section, we move into the, the format of your presentation. And uh, as you would guess, there's there's a couple ways that the presentation can go down. Certainly the one that probably most people are going to um, be exposed to is the personal presentation. That is, where they're going to meet face-to-face or through a telephone conversation, web conference call, whatever it might be, in order to discuss the proposal. You may also do some non-personal uh, presentations in the form of uh, uh, documents sent by email or a web page, explanation, um, slideshows, whatever. And uh, that has aspects to it that are going to be important as well. And then finally, in lots of cases, it's just going to be a combination of both. You're going to sit there with someone and also present the materials. So let's go through this pretty quickly and, and first of all, talk about the – some guidelines that are going to cover each of those, whether it's a personal or whether it's going to be um, more of a prepared piece, first of all, as I mentioned and I, and certainly Bob and Flint have talked about this, the benefits of the of the of the project have to be explained, and I often uh, suggest people explain this up front in the beginning of the meeting. Just lay out what you hope to benefit from and what the company or your client hopes to benefit from by going with this proposal. And that's going to essentially pique their interest in in hearing about the entire plan. Um, I also recommend being just to the point. You know, don't don't go and um, and explain it in research terminology that they may not understand. Re- explain it in terminology that is very comfortable for the people that you're talking to. So get to the point um, and and make sure that it's it's uh, verbiage that they tend to understand. Next. Next slide. One of the things that I find to be real important for people who are making decisions is to lay out the the project timelines and what's going to be accomplished during those timelines. In particular, who's going to be responsible during those timelines for various tasks or or jobs that have to be done? Now, what's not on here, and you might want to uh, just add this somewhere, is one of the reasons I suggest who is responsible is in a way it's protective of you as the researcher in case someone doesn't do what they said that they were going to do and the research doesn't end up being what, what you had um, proposed it to be. Certainly uh, going back and saying, hey, here I showed you that someone was going to be responsible for this task but they never ended up doing it um, may get you off the hook if there is any issues down the road. Uh, there we had some visual um, material as well in the presentation, and it should be um, you know straight and to the point, using layouts and, and formats that are comfortable for the people that you're presenting them to. Use tables and charts that are that are uh, easy to read, easy to understand, easy, well labeled, and, and those types of things. Next. Uh, uh, list all the possible issues that, that could impact the product project. This uh, goes back to what I mentioned before about being protective. Um, if, if you're laying out a plan and your expectations in terms of, of what's going to happen, um, you, you should also indicate what could be a threat to this plan. What are some things that may happen that are unseen right now that could potentially affect uh, the, the collection of information, the timeline of the, of the of the project and of course the costs involved in the project. Um, move now into um, one major issue that you're almost always going to get, and was discussed a little bit before by uh, by Bob, I believe, and that is the uh, the research uh, costs. What's what are the resources that have to be given up to do this project? And um, I've, what I've laid out here on this screen is just a couple of ideas on how to handle that in your discussions. These are certainly things that salespeople do all the time when they're talking about cost, and, and they translate pretty well into what you're trying to do when it comes to, to uh, pl- uh, uh, presenting your proposal. You know, lay it out in terms of payback um, on, on the cost of doing the research. laid it out in terms of spreading the money over over the period of the research, the life of the project, in which we had, I think Bob had talked about in the Excel tool, uh, these types of things help um, uh, the people you're talking to uh, understand what is involved in the cost, to understand the cost a little bit better. Spreading it out on that, that second one where it talks about spreading it out over life of the project, um, it, it's, it's, a, it's an easier way for them to grasp cost and then throw a lump sum at them at some um, very high rate uh, so that's uh, so these four uh, suggestions or things to consider when uh, when dealing with the cost issue on, on the project um, move to uh, discussion of, of how to handle some of these uh, presentation materials and I'll try to quickly because I know we're beginning to run out of time here um, when it comes to prepared materials, that are, that's web documents, slides, shows, Word, uh, processing documents, those kinds of things, uh, this, this type of stuff is, is what you would think. It's, it's business writing. It's uh, avoiding complicated long sentences. I also suggest writing future tense because you haven't done the, the project yet. So write in a tense that's uh, forward-looking rather than what's happening right now. And, of course, as you would expect, check for um, any potential errors in the document, spelling, grammar. And my advice is to have somebody uh, take a look at it. Uh, inside the document, um, the layout I would suggest is start with the summary. Oftentimes in research reports you start with an executive summary of, of a research that has already been undertaken. You can do the same thing with a proposal, summarize in a paragraph or so, get to the points of interest to the people that you are uh, having read this, and um i don't i don't suggest visuals in this uh, area, but um, you may want to uh, look at that as something you could do uh, if it fits what your project is um, but a short and concise and to the point with with the benefits right up front to the to the to the reader next section is the introduction as to what uh you're doing and why you're doing it, so it lays out the the background for the research and and why you're trying to um, what you're trying to find out by doing this uh, next slide uh, we go into the methodology section what is the research this is where you lay out the project and I uh, explain uh, how it's going to be conducted um, and the method you're going to use and if it's sampling involved you might want to explain that uh, to a certain degree as well and how it's going to be analyzed that's another important issue and I'm sure Flynn has covered that many times in his uh, his webinars um, next uh, is the uh, timelines and the costs, and uh, breaking these down as we had already discussed. And certainly, this is where Bob's tool, uh, or the tool Bob discussed, the uh, Excel tool, could be very, very handy. And then um, again, the limitations. What, what are potentially some problems that that might um, rear their, their their heads and, and cause problems? Um, you know, you have to be a little careful in how you present this. But certainly it's a protective thing in case uh it doesn't go the way you have laid it out, and uh you want to make sure that you've you've told them that in advance there in case there there are some issues. The last uh section which um how are we doing on time by the way um Flint or bob we, doing okay. we may have to uh Paul, we may need to to leave
1: some of this for them in terms of their Download. I think we're running out of time, friend.
3: That That's fine. What, what I was just going to say: these last couple slides are things that I um, present to to um, to people about any type of presentation. So this applies to a proposal presentation as well as any type of of um, basic presentation that you're giving. And just to summarize it really quickly, it's it's a presentation. Um, guidelines for presenting to groups, a presentation guideline presenting to uh, smaller, um, you know, one-on-one sessions. Um, And I think uh, I don't really need to talk about it. It's pretty self-explanatory, but uh, it's pretty useful in in, in the way um, you should look at giving a presentation. So if that's enough, uh, Flint, why don't I? uh, Okay. Well, thank you, Paul. I appreciate your help.
1: if you have a question for Paul, uh, fire it to us, and we'll uh, we'll let him try to help you. We have presentation samples that we may provide you when we send out the brief so that you can actually see that, a sample of what it might look like. You have the spreadsheet tool. Uh, we've prepared a brief summary here uh, with what is key. I think most of you are pretty familiar with this. And I, I understand that some of Paul's presentation is foundational, but we know that a lot of you that are on the line right now need that kind of you know, uh, methodical information, uh, that kind of a methodical approach in order to develop and build the presentation that's going to be most compelling. Again, perhaps with some of the samples we'll give you, you'll be able to get a chance to understand more. I have a presentation that was used by Reuters, uh, and I, I think we have the right to use it because it's been used since used by their e-commerce director in a, in a speaking engagement in New York, and and I think uh, she would be uh, gracious. It was modified to present to the audience in New York, but it was also used internally to talk about uh, documents there. I wouldn't want to dare share anything without their permission or anything that would embarrass them, but they've been incredibly helpful and generous and grateful for um, their testing results because they've had significant growth. So we may, after we've talked with them, share with you some samples from that that will help you understand how to get the visuals right, the charts, et cetera. Nick has put together some key points that I think would be good to to end with and and uh but I'm carefully watching for your questions and also let me know if you find this helpful uh chat with us talk to us and and uh, you know use your question and answer or use the chat feature right now so that we can look at it and see I'm just going to take just a moment myself to see if there's anything um that uh we can we can help you with in the, in the chat I'm I'm monitoring the question and answer uh, Bob uh, or Jimmy, are you noticing anything significant that you think we should address right now based on the questions that are coming in? Bob or Aaron or Jimmy? Bob, uh, you've talked to, and Aaron is our Director of Optimization. Jimmy's our Director of Channel Research. Uh, both of them are engaged in a lot of research with us. All right, let me just move to this then. Um, these are the final points that Nick has put together. Nick, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Go ahead, Nick, and I'll just let you go ahead and present your final points.
2: Okay, I'm going to. Some some of this covers similar ground to what Paul was just going through, um, but it's just we're just looking at this from a slightly different angle because the way in which one presents can 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 be so important and end up in either achieving your objective or not. So, so just to summarize, and, it, and it's a point Paul made: is, is is know your audience, understand what their concerns or priorities are, because. Very often, and I think we've all seen it, is the, your, your, your personal enthusiasm for a project can get you so wound up and excited um, that you, you you start speaking and presenting information that is incredibly important to yourself. And uh, sometimes when you get too excited, you don't even notice the fact that the people in front of you, their eyes are glazing over because you're not actually speaking to what they need to hear. So that's that's really very important. Also, the point of keeping a presentation brief, a lot of these decision-makers, uh, um, it depends on the, the level in the company you're at, but, but many of them won't have an enormous amount of time to devote to this. And until you've completed your presentation, they may not understand the importance or seriousness of what you're presenting. So so clarity and brevity are going to be very important. And I just want to – like it's not on the list here, but I was thinking about it as Paul was speaking, and that's the importance of – reading and looking at your audience as you present. Uh, that business of people's eyes glazing over. Um, you really need to look at and watch what's happening when you speak because you'll get some very good clues as to where you're losing your audience and where you're really engaging them. And you, you'll see it in their faces. You'll see it in their body posture, their body language. And, and so long as you know your material well enough, Uh, you can start to not kind of weave and dodge, but you can start placing emphasis in areas where you can see your message has been well received and maybe pull back a little in areas where you can see you're you're losing people or losing their attention or interest. Um, I I think it's important and useful at the beginning of a presentation, particularly if your audience is not familiar with the kind of work you're doing in the company, is to give a just a very brief overview of what it is you're going to be talking about um, so, so they understand what's coming. Otherwise, if you dive straight in, you, you, you lose time because your audience is, is trying to figure out what this is about the same, at the same time as they're listening to what you're saying. Um, so that can be really important with an audience that isn't you know, intimate with your area of activity within the company. Um, I would say and, and this has been covered a couple of times in terms of the costs, you also need to cover the the, the human cost, the cost in terms of the internal resources you're going to require it's not just about the cash cost of this it's about the people you're going to need to be involved, how many of their hours you're going to need um, and this is this is all part of making sure your presentation is complete and that the decision makers don't have the opportunity to come back and say, well, you never told us about such and such. Um, and, I would, and this is just a little kind of a it's, – it's any kind of presentation trick. It's, it's, it's not really a trick. It's the way you'll see every professional presentation given, um, every, every performance, really, any kind of performance, whether it's stand-up comics, whether it's a movie, whether it's a, whether it's a book, anything, open and close on a high point. If you have something, you know, if, you, if, if you've been doing your background research on conversion rates on your site and you have some astonishing figure, you know, use it to capture people's attention at the beginning. Uh, use a high point at the beginning to really get people engaged. And also, it's really important at the end of any kind of presentation um, because part of this, like Paul said, is, is salesmanship, and salesmanship is performance. You're performing for your audience at, at some level. And, and, and you want to close on a high point as well. And in this instance, it may well be a figure. It may well be a potential increase in revenues. And, and you may have had that figure four slides before, but if it's a key high point, bring it back at the end so that people, when they remember your presentation, they just remember this astonishing beginning and astonishing end. And that can make all the difference in the world. So, so that's it with regard to tips. Um, now, as we, just in this last two pages – and, and what, we, what we really need to do on this is, we, as we were putting this together, we realised that within our own archives at uh, marketingexperiments.com, there are tr- some tremendous resources in here to help you. So, so you've got you've got Bob Kemper's Excel tool, you've got Paul Christ's PowerPoint tool to help you structure your presentation. You've got your own internal figures and data from your site currently, but also. Go into our archives. Just go to marketingexperiments.com and in the top navigation there. It's all free. Yeah, it's all free. It's and and this this first page, the AB split testing, the multivariable testing, the essential metrics, the optimizing landing pages. And if we can go to the next page, uh, the power of small changes tested. And 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 this this again, maybe uh, Flint was referring earlier to to the leverage you know like so, so, sometimes it's an unexpected small change you can make it will all, all of a sudden make an enormous difference uh, conversion rate optimization testing go through this you, there's, there's data in there that you can use uh, you know attribute it to us but but, but use it you, use what we have in there and I, and I think the combination of all of these tools and all that information uh, can help you create an enormously convincing presentation um and that, that, well, I i don't know whether you have more to add to that. No, I
1: think that's good. I just want to point yeah. out, many of you, this is a different kind of call than our normal call. If you're new to a call like this, typically there's a lot more data and experimentation, but we're just trying to help you. Uh, we know a lot of you need this information. Some of it's basic for you, but it's critical. Uh, I'm, we're trying to answer your questions by by uh, the question and answer uh, right now for some of you that have asked some, some good questions. The only thing I would say for you is... Next week, we're looking at simplifying your message. And I mean, uh, we just, uh, one of the largest publishers, I guess one of the major publishers in the world, book publisher, we just worked with on a project. And they saw 115% increase simply by making some changes in the way we present the message itself. In fact, I'll give you a hint. We took off the options for subscription site from monthly and annual. We switched straight to annual, simplified the number of choices. You know, often it's a matter of sequencing the order or it's a matter of uh, you know simplifying the amount of choices. But the long and the short of it is huge increase in revenue with something that's absolutely counterintuitive. Uh, expensive annual subscri- subscriptions outperformed monthly recurring. And we'll talk about that in this uh, clinic coming up two weeks from now. This information will be released in the brief. All the tools will be released in the brief. Some of you are writing questions about how do you know what to test first, second, and third. We have an actual tool that helps you figure out the priority testing priorities, and that's on the website. You can find that. And um, a, I thank it, you for today.
2: It, yes. Yes. In, in about in a an hour, everyone will on this call will receive an email with the uh, with those links, with those URLs, just in case they didn't have an opportunity to uh, to write them down.
1: Excellent. Excellent. Right. Um, I thank you for for coming, and we'll do our very best to help you in the future. And we're grateful for uh, the kind words and the gracious things that people have been saying. We're going to keep keep working to get you data. I mean, the real mission here is to help you discover what works, and uh, that's what we want to do. I'd like to especially thank Paul, Chris. Paul, you're, uh, uh, you know, again, you were very gracious in, in, in coming online. We know that you have an incredibly busy schedule with your teaching and with running KnowThis.com. Thank you, friend. Thank you, friend. Uh, you know, if you guys are looking for some key resources, visit knowthis.com, because he's got information there that you know, I think you'll find
3: quite, quite
1: helpful. And um, we, um, we think it's a great resource. Thank you, Paul.
3: Thanks, Glenn. Appreciate it.
1: Okay, we'll see everyone next in about two weeks. Bye.